0: Welcome to the UALC Podcast. My name is Brody Taphorn. I am here with my co-host, Andrea Taphorn. And today, our conversation partner is Aaron Thompson. Aaron is the Minister for Teaching and Worship here at Upper Arlington Lutheran Church, where uh, Aaron, Andrea, and I all work together. Today, we are talking about social media. And Aaron has some great insights and what he has been learning uh, through his seminary education and his own experience being a social media user. That we thought would be both thoughtful and helpful. So let's listen to what Aaron has to say.
1: Aaron Thompson, it is so good to have you back on the podcast.
2: Yeah, it's good to be back.
1: Thanks. Aaron is our. Minister for Teaching and Worship here at UALC, and we wanted to bring you on the podcast to talk a little bit today about social media. Um, but first, I want to find out, how are you doing? How's your family doing? And what's going on in quarantine plus? I don't know what how you describe yeah, the time one, that more, we're in right more now. Yeah, season we're in now? Yeah.
2: Like March 700th, or yeah. something yeah. like that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're doing okay. Um, I'm still working from home, and Julian's home with me, and my wife now is back at work. She is now an administrator at a school. She has her first, first year of being a leader at a school is the year that the school had to reinvent how to do school.
1: Oh, Anne! Yeah. Wow. So she
2: is trying to coach teachers on how to teach kids whose native language is not English how to learn English over Zoom calls. That just seems like... It's going exactly as well as you might imagine. Okay.
1: You're like, piece of cake, I got this. That's what Anne's got in her mind. Yeah, yeah.
0: Writing the book. Not Uh, easy work,
2: but very important. So I I keep cheering her on. Like, it it matters enough to deal with how frustrating it is. Wow.
1: Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that is awesome to hear that you guys are at least hanging in there. And um, as far as our conversation goes today, so social media, one of the things that I you might think, like, why are we talking about this? What's important? Why is this important to talk about as Christians? How we interact um, together online.
2: Is that important at this moment? I think it's critical. I think, I mean, even if you didn't like social media, maybe you didn't want to be a social media person, in quarantine especially, I mean, you could maybe get away from it now, but in quarantine, there was nothing but social media. We were living mediated lives. We were living lives through some medium. Whether that was, like we say social media, we might think Facebook or Twitter, but also like texting people is social media and Zoom calls is social media. These are forums, platforms that allow us to connect with one another and communicate. So even phone calls, I mean, I think some of us rediscovered the beauty of a phone call in the Mm -hmm. midst of quarantine. That's just another kind. It's an older and more established kind, but it's still social media. Mm. So it's really a question of how are we interacting and communicating at a time where we can't do it as much anyway, face to face.
0: I was mostly just excited to talk to you about something besides death. Yeah. If you if you if you're not around UALC, uh, I've kind of teased that uh, Aaron is kind of the preacher of death. The the sermon topics that he has had to cover in the last calendar year have been they've been downers. Lots of it's true. And even you know, my last podcast was yeah, lesson, and the last podcast from pandemic. right. You know, we we got into the Black Plague and and other cheery topics. So I'm just kind of t- excited to talk about something as cheerful as social media.
2: Yeah, a uh, cheerful might not be the word
0: that everyone associates with social right. media. Like, but in the context of what we usually talk about with you, this true. is this is
2: depending on who you ask. Like, you could make an argument for like, what was more damaging to the world, the Black Plague or Facebook? <laughs> uh, Uh, that's a good point. (laughs) It could go either way.
1: Okay. Good point.
2: Media
0: is powerful. Social media is very powerful. Let's talk a little bit about why. Why is social media so powerful?
2: Yeah. I I did a little bit of reading about that this week, just thinking about, you know, where does this connection to it come from? Why do so many of us spend so much time on social media? There was just some research done and 70 plus percent of America interacts with Facebook at least once a day. Um, 50% of people that responded interact several times a day. Many people are on it all throughout the day. They're kind of checking in and out of Facebook. But also, I mean, again, email, phone calls, text messages. Many of us are doing our work over things like Zoom or Skype. Like, We are just constantly interacting with these things, both because we have to, and I think in a large part because we want to. So my my big question coming into the research was like, why do we so want Mm -hmm. to do this? Yeah, I remember reading not too long ago, that if
0: Facebook, if their subscribers were a country, they would be like the third or fourth most populated country in the world. Oh, yeah. It's, it is. It's unbelievable
2: how, how common, how across the board this participation is. And I want to get into that in a second, but I'm actually curious for you guys. We are in a little bit of a different generation. Like, What was your entry point into (laughs) social media? What was the first one you remember jumping on board? I actually know exactly when. You do?
1: Okay, I don't remember. I remember my friends, my peers, like this was post-college, so we're in our 20s. And I remember thinking, this is so weird why is this person, like when I checked it out, like why are they telling me about what they're doing?
2: Yeah, the classic like I don't care what you had for lunch reaction that we all had at first. And it
1: was like these random just like, hey, just checking in, like little updates throughout the day. It's so different I think now than it even was back then that it just felt so strange.
0: Uh, You two specifically will appreciate this because my the day I joined Facebook – was during an intensive while I was in seminary.
1: Oh, really? So
0: Aaron and Andrea are both in seminary right now. Uh, I was in seminary some time ago, and I would have to go for these two one-week intensives twice a year, and I would be in class from like 9 to 5, and inevitably got bored out of my mind, (laughs) and it was during a class. I don't even remember which one it was. During a class, when I was desperately trying to stay engaged and failing, I joined Facebook. And I remember s- distinctly uh, one of my cohort mates, who's become a very good friend of mine, said, welcome to the greatest corporate waste of time ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I can remember things pre-Facebook. So like before that, we had MySpace. I never got super excited about that one, but before that was LiveJournal, and that was my jam. It was kind of a blogging site. Okay. But imagine like every teenager in America has access to a place where they can post their like bad teenage poetry. Nice. And seventeen-year-old Aaron, that was oh, my, my sweet gosh. spot. Oh I would give any. There's a deeply embarrassing LiveJournal still on the internet of me uh, posting things, but it is that is how Ann and I. Got into a relationship. Really? <laughs> I mean, social media is, for, for me, and I think for every generation beyond me, like, it is just part of how we were in the world. So Anne and I met in person, but I, like, couldn't, I did not have the courage to talk to her. <laughs> so I posted this very vague, very teenager-y, very artistic kind of thing about this, like, beautiful girl I had met that day. And then she slowly put together that it was her, and she reached out to me and back and forth over – Live Journal, AOL Instant Messenger. I mean, all of our in early interactions were all in these different mediated social media spaces. Wow, wow. I owe my marriage. Like, Julian, you know, is a person because social media exists. Yeah. <laughs> there is cool?
1: Like, it gave you a space to kind of connect yeah. that wasn't when you weren't ready to say the things I out don't loud. know
2: that I ever would have had a girlfriend if I okay. had to have done it all in person. <laughs> I, I don't think I could have gotten uh, the courage, you know, yeah. re- required. So it's powerful in that it connects us, right? It connects people together. And that's always been the case for me. Whether that was going all the way back to internet relay chat, IRC in in high school, was like, yeah, you probably don't know about that one. I don't even know
1: what that is. Deep
2: nerd culture stuff. But it was a way that I was like talking to people from other countries into then, you know, getting into college and having the ability to like posture and kind of put myself out there in a world that allowed me to control the way I was seen and then also to relate to people in such a way that I made friends, and obviously, eventually got married. I think as a that result.
0: somebody needs somebody right now needs to stop what they're doing and create the T-shirt that says uh, Facebook helping nerds get girlfriends since 2000.
2: Whatever. I don't know if Facebook can do it though. Like Facebook, <laughs> I know. It, it was interesting. Live Journal, that, Live yeah. Journal,
0: helping nerds yep. meet yeah. girls since.
2: And that's one of the things I'll get to later. But Live Journal was inherently more creative. It demanded that you actually, like, put something forward, whereas Facebook and Instagram are both a little bit more just, like, life updates, which has its place, but I think mm. it is a little different. Uh, so I don't know if Facebook got people girlfriends. Maybe it did. But yeah. Maybe. Live journal certainly I'm did. sure there's Thank somebody out there journal. that'll let Thank us you, know. Thank you, LiveJournal. But one of the things that, as I did some research beyond my own experience, uh, that I found, like, people that are doing this work professionally, why is this stuff so powerful for us, all point to the same chemical. They all point to dopamine. That social media and the way that it gives us instant feedback and a quick shot of experience of relationship or connectivity, uh, they all point to how it's a dopamine switch. And we just kind of can train our brains to keep needing that hit. And so the, the impulse to look at our phones, whether it's to check to see if anyone texted us or for an email or for a Facebook notification, is all saying to our brains, hey, let's check and see if our reward center could get, you know, flipped back on again. And we do that again and again and again. And the social media companies have gotten more and more adept at building algorithms that keep us coming back. Mm-hmm. And there's been a vice president of Facebook that has since resigned from Facebook and publicly apologized because of the way that he was a part of helping Facebook hack our brains.
0: This is kind of like big tobacco, figuring yeah. out which chemicals... Uh
2: Get people to smoke more. Yeah. yeah. It's absolutely part yeah. of part of the system that Big is being Big social built. media. Yeah. And each one of the social media platforms, part of their business model is simply creating ways to keep people coming back. And it's that desire for dopamine, right? That trigger for yeah. that, that feel good reward center thing that keeps us rushing back to it over and over again. Wow.
1: Yeah. So what you're saying is, is this is more powerful than just, um, I don't know, let's say a Microsoft product that yeah. you open up, uh, you know, a document on Word. Yep. Don't get the same kind of reward or hit that you would from opening up something that I'm going to get com- an immediate feedback that's going to make me feel good. Right.
0: Yeah, because I think that when we're looking at that, we're looking at somebody has noticed me, somebody has liked me, mm-hmm. somebody has been impressed with something I've created, and it's that real-time feedback to find out, I matter. I matter to somebody because I got a thumbs up. Uh, I got one more thumbs up icon on my post.
2: And it's it's like how simple sugar, I think, functions in like junk food, where it's triggering the same thing. Like there's something in us, there's something wired into us that says like, I need energy. So thank you, you know, thank you for giving me energy. But simple sugar hits that and then dissipates so fast that we need it again and again and again. And I think social media dopamine hits are like that. Where it gives us that sense that you're talking about, Brody, of like, oh yeah, somebody likes me, somebody cares about me, but it's not substantive, substantive enough, usually to last very long. So we keep chasing, and it, the, the people are dealing with real, genuine social media addiction because they get on this loop, this cycle mm-hmm. of um, needing that hit over and over again.
1: I think that's really important that you said that to you know, for our listeners that we constantly have to be recognizing what. Powerful mm-hmm. tool social media is for our own destruction, yeah. to be honest. And it can be used for good, and constantly keeping that tool in its rightful place is probably a battle that we re- may not recognize on a day to day basis is that that tool is way more powerful than we give it credit for.
2: Yeah. I think it takes that intentionality. Yeah. It's one of those things, like a lot of things in technology, where like, We invent it, and then people join it, and then we go, ooh, now I should figure out the ethics of this. Now I should figure out what to do with this thing that is already a part of my life. We're usually playing catch-up with technology, and I think the church maybe especially so. But but one more question for why it's so powerful I thought was important was, well, why does that quick connection, why does that sense of needing that somebody is there with me trigger something in me? Why am I wired to want that connection? And it took me back to Genesis 1, 26, uh, where... God says, let us create mankind in our image, right? We're created in the image of this triune God, of three-in-one God who's in relationship. So there's just something in us that is wired for relationship and for community. And in this respect, I think social media is a powerful force for good. When it is in its rightful place Mm -hmm. and when we are responding to it well, the power of social media is that it allows us to tap into something that is inherently true about ourselves. We need and are created to relate to one another.
0: Yeah, it, I'm glad that you said that because I felt like we were like starting to go down a path that said, boycott all social media yeah. because we don't want to be dopamine junkies that are using this to our demise. Right. So let's, let's start talking about, in light of the power of this thing that is mm-hmm. social media, how should we as followers of Jesus uh, relate in a world that is right now so permeated with social media?
2: Mm-hmm. I, I think I want to go back to that same text. I, for me, like as I sort of worked backwards through, okay, why is this so powerful? Okay, well, then why is why is that? And I got to this Genesis 1 insight. Um, I think it might give us some insight into how we should be thinking about being Christians in mediated spaces in social media um, because we're image bearers, right? We're image bearers of this community God, this triune God, these, Absolutely one, I don't want to to be um, careless about my language here, but also he's three in one, right? So we enter into social media in order to practice community, to practice bearing the image of this God. And a couple of things that came to mind in that is that the first command that God gives to the people he creates, he says, let us make mankind in our image, male and female, he creates them. And then he says to them, be fruitful and multiply. This is the first commandment. And so I think about the potential for social media to become a creative space for collaboration. So many of us are tempted to utilize it as a place to amplify our own voice or to posture and create an image of ourselves. It becomes a rather selfish space Mm -hmm. where either I'm trying to dominate in my opinion or I'm trying to control how people see me like I did on LiveJournal to try to win myself a girlfriend, you know. And I think that a lot of that comes from many of us grew up with broadcast culture where you did have celebrities, movie stars, news anchors that were using media to push out their image and their opinions far and wide. And the beauty of social media is that it is inherently collaborative. I think the tragedy of divisive social media use is that we're still using it to try to win, to try to beat someone else, Mm -hmm. to try to make ourselves large or well-liked or right and others less liked or wrong. Um, And so I think that there is something about God's command to us to be in community with one another and then in community to be creative, to be um, building something that is possible in social media.
1: Yeah. So tell me, I, I feel like I understand what you're saying, but tell me what, as you say that, what, what does that look like? Um, for somebody to engage on social media in ways that look creative, that they don't uh, go into those um, pitfalls of, like you said, uh, I'm right, you're wrong. I'm going to reinforce my rightness. I'm going to put that out there, and you're going to disagree with me, and it only reinforces how right I feel, that poor person that's wrong. I feel like we've got a ton of that, but I'm trying to picture what you're – you're describing
2: imagining that yeah looking yeah so i think that we could learn a lot from how generations beyond the broadcast generation are interacting with social media like my son right now is sitting in the hallway outside where we're recording and he's probably playing this game that he loves that is uh it's fascinating to me it's what, what they call now a sandbox game it is a game that is not creating levels for you to play through it creates a world for you to build other worlds inside of like minecraft is one of these kind of games But this particular one allows people to build games, and then those game creators can build spaces within their games for their users to build things. So Julian's favorite thing right now is to work together with his friends, some whom he knows in real life and some who are just from online because they know people he knows or something. They build levels within a game, which is within a game, which is within a game. And then they share those levels with other kids. And when they get stuck, they go to YouTube and watch other kids teach them how to build levels for other kids. This younger generation has figured out how to use media space Mm -hmm. to be collaborative together. They're working together, they're communicating, and they're creating. And they're creating for the sake of others so that other people can enjoy. And they're creating because they were created in the image of a creative God. And there is just like there's something in us that wants to connect with others, there's something in us that wants to create. So I think there's power in that. We can do that in groups, I think, on Facebook. That's something I think I've become more interested in lately. There are groups that exist for songwriters to get together and collaborate and make music. In fact, there's a Columbus Quarantine, Quarantunes group that I saw where people in the city, because everyone's in their own houses, are working together to make music. Or even like the the Mill Run or the Lytham Facebook groups that we've created have this same instinct. Let's create a space not where we're projecting information Mm -hmm. the way that like UALC is on our page, but where people can share their own experience and then interact with each other. We're starting to see people share pictures and testimonies, sharing songs, sharing ideas, and other people come along to encourage them or to say, oh yeah, I agree and here's how I see that. It it builds up rather than protecting, defending, or tearing Mm -hmm. down.
1: That is a very different posture and even a different intent for getting on social media. Yeah. So to come onto it and engage in that way with that intention in mind is is I think a, a flip of a switch for probably a lot of people to think about it in that regard.
0: Yeah, I think that it is, when, we, when we've when we had conversations about this before, I remember you said we should take our cues from play, mm-hmm. that it should be mutual, creative, and collaborative. Uh, that is a great handle for me. Um, and it, especially if you contrast that uh, perhaps with the idea of like uh that social media can be used like we have used play, instead of using it as competition or um, something to be won
2: yeah. and lost. Yep, yeah. mm-hmm. it's it's changed thinking about this, and I've been in a class at seminary that's been teaching me a lot of this stuff, and it's it's changed the way I've been interacting with social media. I lately have been posting a lot more questions mm-hmm. instead of statements, and even that like it gets away from the dopamine hit because those don't it's interesting it tends not to get as many likes people aren't celebrating me but way more comments because people are far more interested in a space where they're invited to share their experience or their feelings than they are in reacting to my opinions or my life experiences so sometimes I'll share still a picture or something that's going on but I increasingly am sharing questions ideas Invitations or prompts for people to respond and I've been delighted to watch people from different phases of my life people that are not connected in real life find connection even people that are believers people who are not believers relating to one another to talk about things like how are you staying healthy during quarantine that was a really rich thread and one person shared a way that they were participating in the garden here at UALC another person responded to them and then joined the UALC community garden group where they can get more connected get involved. That's the kind of collaborative, creative, redemptive use mm-hmm. that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm.
0: So what, what I imagine that there's probably some steps in regards to social media. If we're not going to use it as a bullhorn, um, how would one uh, engage in this kind of space? You've, we talked about this before. You gave us some categories of like hang out, mess around, geek out. So give us some explanation of what does that mean?
2: Yeah, that's that comes again from this class that I've been in and some people that are working on how do we use media to be more collaborative, more creative, and less destructive. And uh, that would be a good suggestion, that order of things. For once you find a group, or maybe it's like a subreddit on Reddit that's about something you care about, or I don't know, Instagram works a little less this way, but if you find a message board perhaps that's a collaborative space, you start out just hanging around and getting to know there's usually a language and insider culture that you got to figure out you can start kind of messing around and experimenting with mm-hmm. things and then geeking out is like well now you've kind of got it figured out and you've got your people and you're starting to really work together collaboratively so for instance like a dream that I would have would be that our uh, UALC groups might start working this way people are hanging around they're getting to know some people that they don't know there's hundreds of people on those groups you probably only know 20 30 40 of them uh, you might start messing around experimenting with hey have you heard about this thing happening in our community people talking about it, discussing it. Uh, The geeking out phase would be four or five, six people that didn't know each other before connect and go, hey, we're all passionate about food insecurity in Hilliard. Let's do something not only to get involved, like in the garden, say, but also to use our influence to get more of our friends to come and be a part of it as well. There's such power, and we have so many awesome and connected people in our church. I believe these tools could be a way that we hang around, get to know each other, mess around and experiment with what is God saying to us, and then start really geeking out and creating new ways to bless our world.
0: You know, it just occurred to me that this this medium uh, really helps bring generations together Mm -hmm. because, you know, you could have somebody who is a boomer and somebody who is a digital or Gen Z uh, passionate about the same thing, say food insecurity in the community in which they live. That boomer and that Gen Z person might not have another place where they might come upon each other and find out, oh, we have this similar interest. But in the social media space, Mm -hmm. people from all walks of life, different social economic backgrounds, uh, races, et cetera, and so forth, can come together and discover, wow, we're kind of interested in the same things. Friendship can flourish from that. Absolutely. Uh, uh, New initiatives could flourish from that.
1: Yeah, I find it feels deeply like I guess anywhere people are is you could name that political, mm-hmm. you know. And in that sense, what a political move to play. Yeah. And how we just progressed from, yeah, hang out, mess around. And then all of a sudden you're doing something that's not just – changing you but actually changing our communities and our our world I I I love that
0: yeah so one of the things that we endeavor with our podcast is to be thoughtful and I feel like we've done that a little bit but also to be helpful yeah and so I think that a lot of our listeners one of the things that they're perhaps most interested in is uh what are those th- those negative realities of social media? Yeah. Perhaps anybody who spent any time on social media has either witnessed it or participated in somebody posts something, somebody else comes along and shouts it down, and then somebody shouts that person down, and then somebody says you shouldn't use shame to make your point, and then someone says, well, you're using shame, and so what do we do with all the negativity? That uh, what what can we do? with the negativity that we are experiencing. And when we find ourselves un- perhaps unwittingly in the middle of a Facebook fight or what have you, what are some, what are some things that we can do that would be helpful in that space?
2: Sure. Yeah. I think that's a big, a big thing because when I'm talking about this creative, it's just not the way that we're mostly using social media right now. Like by far what we're doing with it is uh, harvesting likes and interactions that make us feel better or having fights with one another it does seem to be like mostly what happens. And so I think, having a plan for how we're going to interact with those moments where it's obviously negative. And I think even these steps are something I would suggest before I post anything. Um, and I, the three words that came to mind, I was trying to come up with three R's, but the third R is kind of a stretch. It's reflect, resist, resist, and then inter seed That's <laughs> nice. the, the R. There's an R in that word, so it counts. Yeah, that I grew counts. up Baptist, so you have to do it. Okay, you do. That's right. Do. I, I so. Reflect, I mean like... I always want to start reflecting on why do I want to say what I'm going to say next, whether that's like a post I'm making, or I think this is especially important when I encounter a thread that makes me go, wait, they're wrong. And I need to like, let them know that they're wrong. Not everybody has that instinct. Some of you probably slam your laptop shut when you see these threads. But my first response is to be like, ah, I just so badly want this to be better. And so sometimes I want to like attack and, you know, say you're wrong. Often I'm trying to like figure out a way to end the argument and get people to treat each other well again. Yeah. Um, But I kind of suspect that that instinct is sort of like seeing two people mud wrestling and jumping in with some paper towel thinking you're going (laughs) to clean them up. And like an hour later, I just find that I'm awfully muddy too, you know? Yeah. So reflecting on like, well, where am I coming from? What's my, what's going on in my heart? Am I, do I think I'm going to fix this because I'm so good? Do I think I'm right? What what am I really trying to achieve by whatever I'm going to post? That's reflect. I think usually I do that and then I do nothing. Usually the reflect phase is enough to just be like, nope, not going to do anymore. And that's why I think the next thing is to resist, which is resist the dopamine cycle. Resist Mm -hmm. like just doing whatever feels right in the moment because you probably shouldn't trust your brain. Your brain is doing stuff that you might not totally understand. And like the algorithms that define our behavior in these spaces also influence us more than we realize. So really being conscious of that and resisting the urge is another way really of saying the same thing as reflect, but I'm kind of doubling down on, be aware of what you're doing and resist the urge to react. Only enter into the conversation if you really, really think it's important that you do so. And then finally, to inter- uh, intercede instead of intervene. I think if, especially when you see a thread that has gone totally sideways and turned into a food fight, Instead of trying to jump in and clean it up, I have started um, just taking time to pray for people. Uh, yeah. Especially because the things that I'm often most tempted to want to do or to intercede, intervene on are Christians fighting with other Christians. I, I really get frustrated by Christians acting badly or what seems to me to be badly on social media. And I'm often tempted to like, call them out on it. Instead, I've started just praying for them mm-hmm. and praying for myself. And for the church, that we would be less divided, less angry, these kinds of things.
0: We would love one another.
2: Absolutely. So reflect on where is my heart at? Why am I reacting the way I'm reacting? Resist the urge to do the easy, simple, and most obvious thing. And then intercede for the people who I would rather yell at in that moment. Yeah. Um, I think those would be three of my suggestions. And uh, I think that has helped me be less reactive and more encouraged and more intentional in social media. And it has allowed me to prioritize the kind of creative work and connecting with people that I've been mentioning mm-hmm. instead of constantly posting more narcissistic things or constantly mm-hmm. um, attacking others.
1: Seems like two arms to the way to engage over with the, with the way most people interact with social media, mm-hmm. be really, really suspicious of yourself. Yeah, right in the midst of that. And then the other arm is like, well, how can I proactively in this other space engage in a way that's completely, in some ways, countercultural to all of the ways that we are seeing social media um, persist right now? Can we create new communities? Could we be a people of God who create something new?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And by that, change ourselves and change the world.
0: Hmm. I don't know. Aaron. thank you so much. This was very interesting. Uh, And this is a great conversation. And I hope uh, very thoughtful and helpful for our
2: listeners. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I hope that we can be this church that uses these incredibly powerful tools to magnify God to the world. Yeah.
1: Special thanks to Aaron Thompson and to Steve Gill, our audio engineer. We would love to hear from you. We just talked about how social media can be a creative space and... We'd like to hear what you have to say about that. You can reach out to Brody and I at podcasts at ualc.org. In the meantime, we will see you next time.